Was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome to Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And today, when this releases, this is the anniversary of a legend that has passed. Uh, NBA legend, to be exact. Um, we are still feeling his death till this day, but we're going to celebrate today. <laughs> If you don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about the one, the only Kobe Bryant. Moose, how are we feeling Man. about this? Man, you, I've expressed my, uh, a lot of passion, you know, for this guy, uh, just him as, of course, as, a, as an athlete, as a basketball player, but more importantly, as a father and as a businessman, I think this is going to be a phenomenal lesson and no better way than to, you know, celebrate his life and what he's represented. So I'm, I'm really happy we're doing this this time. Let's get into the intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. So, you know, we got to start off episode, what is this, 16? 17. Is it 17? This is, is 17, yeah. Okay, well, we're at 17. You know, we got to go with the review of the week. Hey. Oh, this is a guarantee mess up. All right. Hey, you got to okay. stay consistent. Come I know, I know. Consistent. Okay, so <laughs> this one is from, I, I'm not going to say the username, but I know who did it is the Style Jumper on instagram shout out to you so here here we go uh bear with me buckle your seatbelt. nikki and moose are the are a dynamic duo like none no no wait none that oh okay starting over nikki and moose are a dynamic duo like none that i've come across Flow so well together. The lessons, the knowledge, the wisdom keeps you coming back for more. If you're looking for content that introspective, side note, before this, I was messing that up. Uh, throughout uh, thought-provoking, actionable, and straight-up fire, this is the podcast for you. Let's go. Shout out to the Style Jumper. And uh, if you want to make the review of the week, just make it long and difficult. Um, maybe add some big words so I can guarantee mess up like I just did. Um, yep. <laughs> I'm going to get it's it right. That's one of our segments. This is one of our segments. I don't, I don't, I don't like that it is one of our segments. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. But anyways, let's, let's get into this. So, you know what? First off. I can I vent real quick? Can I vent? Please. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like how I don't want to. I don't like talking about people when they're gone. I don't. Right. Yeah. I think what we do very well with this podcast, slight flex, but not you know in a very humble way, is that we try to celebrate people while they're here. Right. Um. And I hate all the stuff when I was looking up some of the information and everything like that 
of how many, how much information is out there about Kobe because he passed, which is good for us because, you know, research wise is amazing. But at the same time, like when we do this podcast and we're looking up living legends, it is the hardest thing to find. Sure. But yeah, then, just like with last week, even with uh with Dre, and that right. was that was a, a big mess up, yeah. Right, but we look at you know Kobe and it's like never been seen interviews and this, that, and the third. I'm like, but can we do this? Can we have the same energy for those people who we already say is great? Not to downplay anything of Kobe. So let's just start there. That was no shade. I'm just saying, like. It shouldn't take somebody passing for that to happen. But let's celebrate anyways. Because with Kobe, right, there was so many lessons that we could put in not just like the game of basketball, but like the branding and business side that we always do and just life in general. I think we both read uh, Mamba Mentality and I did... Anybody who knows me knows I don't like doing like writing things out, but I had a whole note thing of like lessons that I learned from Kobe from a branding standpoint. And I flipped every one of his points to like a branding situation because it, it goes when you when you listen to Kobe and you see his thought process, it's it goes with just everything of how to be great. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. at least maybe, maybe for me, because I, I realized that I flip everything into a branding lesson. Yeah. I just. Yeah. But no, th- there was a big part of him who I think he was also a great marketer. Like he started to realize that, OK, after the game is over, I have to utilize my my influence in a way that can give back and inspire others. So I think, you know, he was already before he even stopped playing was thinking about that. So, yeah, I'm sure there were some lessons even without trying. They were intended for you know, uh, a branding and even business lessons as well. But yeah, to your point, it, it definitely connects. For sure. And if you are a Kobe fan or a Kobe fan, however you want to say this, right? Because this, this is the weird part about it. When people die, like, it's yeah, like, are you going to yeah. say, are you still a fan? Were you still a fan? Like, it's weird. I don't I don't understand that part. But uh, make sure you hit our socials and just let us know if you were a fan or not. And the biggest lesson that you learned from Kobe Nikki and Moose everywhere. But let's get into this first clip uh, because there, we have really good clips. I'm really excited mm-hmm. just because yeah. we did this. Uh, shout out to the day one people. We did this on our Facebook live and I was going to get the old clips, but I was like, nah, let's hit them with some new ones. So I'm excited about yeah. this. Let's go yeah. with the first yeah. clip. It's a simple thing of math. If you want to be a great player, if you play every single day, two, three hours, Every single day, over the course of a year, how much better are you getting? Most kids will play maybe, you know, an hour and a half, two days a week. Right. Put the math on that. It's not, it's, not going, it's not going to get it done. <laughs> it's not going to get it done. Right? So if you're obsessive, obsessive, obsessively training two, three hours every single day over a year, over two years. So, first off, shout out to Lewis House for being able to interview Kobe. Um, But simple math, Moose. Simple math. I want you to start this one off. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's like you think of a time on task, right? How much time you spend really focused on doing the thing that you enjoy or something that you want to get good at. You know, of course, we know about the 10,000 hour rule. And I think in a, in a slightly different way, this is what Kobe's alluding to. It's like, yo, if you do something only twice a week for an hour and a half, but I'm getting up and one of, his, one of the things that he prided himself on was, you know, getting up early in the day, starting his days at 4 a.m. so that he can practice multiple times throughout the day. He can practice three or four times where the average person can maybe practice one, two times max. So think about you're practicing an hour and a half. I'm getting in a 10 hour work day. I'm nearly, you know, quadrupling the time that you're putting in toward mastering one particular thing. So I think Kobe's really looking at it from a different perspective here and saying, yo, if, if you want to be great at something, just take a simple math, uh, you know, process to it and say, well, how much time are you spending looking to master this one particular thing? And let's see what's really coming out from behind it. So, yeah, I, I like how he starts it off and simplifies it this way. And he, in a way, is showing, you know, uh, again, shout out to the flight assessment, but in a way he's showing and alluding you know, one of those characteristics that lets the people know like, hey, I might be, you know, this style right here because I am doing the math on this. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I I would really say that. And, and it goes back to last week's episode with Dr. Dre with the whole, you know, he worked forever and pretty much took two weeks off. Right. I think going back to that is. If you're trying to reach a certain kind of level, we're not asking to do it 24-7. We're not asking, you know, to spend 12 hours a day. This then. But there should be a point that every day you should be sharpening your tools. Like every day you're learning something new. Every day you're working on mastering something, Right. And it always depends on how great you're trying to be. Maybe you're just trying to be great for that season, right? Maybe you're trying to be great for a decade. Maybe whatever you're trying to do, like maybe you're just trying to be great for this one thing, like this one role. So I got to do enough. But I think depending on the level that you're trying to be in, like you have to dedicate a certain amount of the day to that. I think yeah. each of the people that we have gone over has said they work on it every day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um yeah. I think once they reached a certain point, they may have went back a little bit, you know, just chilled out for a second and then went right back. But if you and you would know this more. There was like um how, like, if you read a certain amount of books per year, you would have, like, pages per year, you would have this amount of books or this, that, and a third, right? Like, it just depends on the dedication. It just depends on if you're trying to be great or if you're, you know, trying to be the opposite of that. I know yeah. um, for those who follow Gary V. And things like that. He was big on like, until I reached a certain status, I didn't take weekends off. You know, shout out to David Chance. He was like, yo, I didn't celebrate my birthday until I reached a certain point. So 
At the same time, there has to be a level of sacrifice for what you're trying to do, how great you're trying to be. For me, I'm not trying to be average. For Moose, I doubt he tries to be average. So there's certain things that we do every single day, right? And even on the last episode, I was like, man, maybe even though I do it every day, maybe I need to do uh, it a little bit more intentional with a little bit more purpose. Maybe I got to in on this hour do this and that instead of doing what I did before, right? Making the adjustments. So what I love what Kobe said, and clearly he was talking about basketball and things like that, but it if we look at his status of being one of the best basketball players out there, you have to break down that formula. You have to break yeah. down how did he get there? And if he's saying, yo, you know what, for I'm telling my kid, because that question was more for his kid. Like, what are you telling your kids as far as the game and how to get as great as you? He told his kid, like, yo, for at least a year, let's work on the game, you know, one or two hours a day. And imagine what that can do for your game. So if you take that same theory, right, and – Maybe one or two hours is too much for you. So let's try 30 minutes on anything that you're trying to be great at. So if you're trying to be great at your fitness, okay, do that. You know, and it doesn't necessarily mean like, and when I think about Kobe, like, I don't think he, even though he probably was, I don't think he was in the court every single day. I think he was studying film He was exercising. He was then shooting the ball. He was doing, there was something every single day that had to deal with basketball. Not always the physical standpoint, not always the mental standpoint. There's different things that you can turn into your routine that still gets you working on whatever that is for that time period. So what are you starting from? Are you at least starting from 10 minutes a day? 20, 30 hour, maybe you'll, if you OD, you're like four hours. Okay, cool. But what is that thing for the day that you're saying, I'm dedicating this to sharpening my tools to become that legend, to become the greats, to become, and if that's not you, if you're like, Nikki, I'm, I'm cool with where I'm at, or I'm cool once I reach this level, then, hey, this is not for you. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, it yeah. is what it is. And I think that's why, that's why someone like somebody like ET would confidently say, "Yo, you'll never catch me." And I think it's because there are there are people out there who also pursue different things, mm-hmm. whether it and, and rightfully so. Like I understand the mentality because I I can't say that. Uh, at least there wasn't a period of time where I thought that way too. Where it's like, man, well, if I'm, I'm going to do this. But I'm going to do this as a plan B. Yeah. And, and you understand why people always say, well, focus on one thing. Because if you split your energy, you're also dividing your time or possibly doubling the amount of time it would take you to get to that level of breakthrough or that opportunity where you could finally, you know, spark that piece that you want. So it's like I like how it's simplified from that process because now you can really look at it like, man. Take an inventory of your amount of hours, like you said, even if it's 30 minutes, but at least you know at 30 minutes, five days a week, there goes whatever, two and a half uh, hours or whatever it is. So, yeah. 
But who told us? Here's a good question. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I believe in the recharge. I get it. But who told us, like, we got to Saturdays and Sundays? Like, who told us that? Yeah. Man, I don't know. To be honest, I don't even know. Like, yeah, it's got to be somebody who came up with the calendar. And we're just like, you know what? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Because I even But know. I do think part of it could be because of religion. Like, you know, Sunday yep. being that being a religious day. So I can get that. Saturday, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm just saying because I'm like, even as some entrepreneurs, they like, they take the gas off real quick on the weekends. Yep. Some. I'm not saying I'm not saying all. This is so I don't want to hear in my comments. Nikki, you ain't talking about me. You don't know any listen, chill out. You don't know my Calm life. down. It's not <laughs> it's not about you. Okay. If it's yeah. not about you, it's not about you. You are a rare form. We appreciate you. We love you. That's for you. However, let me stop. Look at that. Um, however, there are some that is like, let me chill. Let me and, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying, where did that habit come from? That's what I really want. And I don't think you have this answer. But I'm just like, yeah, where did yeah. this habit come from where it's like, all right, Saturday. Yo, what are you doing Saturday? I'm, I'm, I'm working. I'm wor- what are you talking about? I'm working. Like, nah, you should chill. No, I don't, I don't want to. Like... Right. I watch E for church. Shout out to APOC. Um, but that's I I got I got, I got to research for the podcast. You know what I mean? You know, I gotta do stuff. That but you yeah. know, that's just me. I don't know. I I just wanted to know. But let's get into this second clip. Wait, no, no, I don't want to get into the second clip. I wanna talk about the flight assessment because I keep hey. messing this up. All right. <laughs> I keep messing this up. I keep messing this up, right? So let's do this little way. Because why did I just go crazy? So all my new people, bear with us. We talk about the flight assessment with all these legends living or who have passed. We try to figure out how we can connect with them compared to our personalities and how they and how we rock and how they rock. Right. And we kind of do that with the flight assessment. Right. And we have four personalities. We have pilot, flight attendant. Why am I blurry? Hello. Okay, back. All right. Uh, Pilot, flight attendant, grounds crew and air traffic controller. We just made these characters so you can connect because the regular way you'll be like, huh, I'm confused. So we want to connect with you a little bit more. But Moose, in a minute 30 or however long you feel like doing it, uh, can you explain what is what? Absolutely. Yeah. Based off of the four dominant personality types that we see in the world. Yes, you'll notice that some of these are a blend of all four or a blend of a couple of them. But when you use the flight theme or the flight characters, you'll start to observe these a little bit more. So when we look at the pilot, what do you notice about him? Pilot, super direct. When they get to the plane, they go straight into the cockpit. They're not necessarily talking with the people until they get to their final destination. So we know that pilots are direct, straight to the point. They're super goal-oriented. They love to move very fast and get things done relatively quick, right? But when you are going into your seat or onto your seat, headed towards your seat. Next person you see typically after you walk through the door of the plane, it's the flight attendant, right? Totally different swag, right? Smiling, 
friendly, helpful. They want to show you a great time and they want you to have a great experience. So we talk about a flight attendant superpower, how you can notice them. It's those people who use charm and charisma and really rely on relationships, maybe even the way they dress and how they look and they add different flavors and, you know, they, they really rely on that and they enjoy it. And that's the gift or the thing that makes them who they are. Uh, next up, you have the grounds crew. If you're sitting at a window, you're going to look out the window. You're going to see that there are people in orange, blue, or green vest putting bags on the plane, uh, bringing up snacks and beverages to the flight attendant to serve during the trip, maybe helping the pilot navigate from one place to another. So they're involved in a lot of different things, but ultimately the glue that keeps the operation together. So some people say that these are your support people. But I think that these are the people who really keep everyone anchored and together. So they don't necessarily want any problems. They don't like conflict or confrontation. Their biggest thing is like, yo, can we just all get along? That's how you know you're working with a, with a grounds crew. And then last but not least, you got the air traffic control. You don't necessarily see these people. You don't hear from them, but you hear about them a lot from the pilot, right? Before the plane takes off, you might hear like, yo, air traffic control, we got a few minutes. I said we got a few minutes before we get to take off. All right, so these are typically people who are more strategic. They're analytical. They rely on systems. They think through small details and numbers, and they're thinking in their mind, how do our decisions today impact our future or our life down the line? So every single one of these literally exists in the world. They exist in some of the different people that we cover on the show. And like Nikki said, you know, it's all about just making that connection so that if when you take the flight assessment, many of you should have already taken it, but if you haven't, definitely go check it out. When you take it, you get to take your report and then compare it with some of these characters or some of these individuals like, man, okay, I got similar tendencies. I can follow similar strategies from what this person did because we're the same. Like a Kobe. I mean. Go. See, I didn't forget it. I didn't forget it this time. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, okay. Nice little remix. Now, now let's go to this next clip. A lot of it um, had to do with um, isolation, you know, growing up over there and being the only uh, African-American kid, not being able to speak the language. I gravitated towards the game. And in that game, you find a lot of, um, um, you find solace in the game. And then when you play with kids that you know, might not uh, accept you because you're an outsider, uh, but yet when we come to play the game, that's my chance to 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 get vengeance on them for not accepting me in the. So I brought up this clip because is the low key key, the low key key um, of being successful is to put yourself in a bubble. Cause I think I'm doing hmm. a great job then, but no, let's, Let's not say that, but um, no, let's, but anyways, so we look at, at some of the grades and they've normally like surround themselves with just a certain amount of people. You don't really see them too, too much. Like the, the types that we will talk about, you know, we just went through over the flight assessment, so uh, we'll get into it, but I'm, I'm realizing that you kind of, when you isolate yourself, you create your own kind of world. You create what it's supposed to be. You're looking to the world and seeing what, you know, what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. And you kind of create your own stuff with no distractions, with no 
real critiques or anything just of yet. And then when you go back out to the real world, you're like, I have something to prove. Yeah. And I'm like, is that bad or good? Because, you you know, with society, you hear isolate, antisocial, you know, it's almost looked as bad if you kind of isolate yourself from, you know, the the world, from what you've been doing, things that and third. But if you pay attention to what Kobe did, like um, when everybody was eating, he was at the court, you know, when everybody was partying, he was working or he was studying, you know. Everything that everybody else was doing, he was doing the opposite and he was doing it alone, right? He always woke up super early, was the first at the gym, you know, um, and even in the rest times, he was learning something yeah, and not really paying attention except for when it was time to receive feedback from his mentors, right? So I'm like, you know what? Like, is that a key to success is you have to put yourself in somewhat of isolation to have no distractions, to formulate your own blueprint of success. Um, Because, and everybody knows I love Kanye, but that is the key person who puts himself in a bubble. And when he comes out, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, right? But he is the biggest one to put himself in a bubble. You know, Pharrell, another person who puts himself in a bubble, we don't really hear from him. But when he comes out, it's amazing. Dr. Dre, he puts himself in a bubble. When he comes out, he has something to prove. It's like, yeah, I've been gone, but I'm here. Don't get it twisted. I am here always just in the back. I I want your take on it because I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay in my bubble then. No one can talk to me. (laughs) I don't think listeners and viewers, I always get crap for being in this new COVID bubble, right? Nikki, you don't go out no more. Nikki, you don't do this. Like, why don't you go out? Why are you still doing Instacart? Uh, Because I live in my bubble. But I've been so productive in this bubble that I'm almost scared when the world opens up again. I'm almost, I don't know. I transitioned so well to virtual life that I don't know if I can transition out. I don't know how this is going to be. I'm scared. (laughs) I am scared. That's crazy. You might be one of the few people. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you might want to. You might be one of the few people who are like, "Hey, uh, not the virus, but can COVID life stay a little longer?" <laughs> like, like, do not we the have virus? We don't want people getting no, sick. No, no, but no, yeah. not the virus. Yeah. But do we have to go? Like, do right. do we have? I know, Crazy. like it's been like mad months since the last person who had COVID. But I still feel like we should I like chill out. We should- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I'm just saying, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do very well. I don't mm, don't think I'm going to do well. But anyways, go ahead, Moose. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a great question. And I think to, you know, one of the things that I've been pushing this year, and we've talked about it quite a bit, is just this idea of independent thinking. 
you know, as, as much as possible, I really want to encourage people to, you know, as they consume and listen to new information for study purposes or even entertainment, just really take in the information, but then take a moment and think about, man, does this really fit for me? Like, I know this person did it and they're successful, but am I in a position to do exactly what they did? You know, and, and the reason why I say that, Nikki, is because when I, when I listen to that clip about Kobe, in a lot of ways, it reminds me of my own story. You know, like, I am somebody who migrated from a different country, who didn't speak the language, who had nothing but a sport to kind of utilize that as an equal playing field, if you will. Like, you know, it wasn't necessarily basketball for me, it was more baseball, but that was the only place that language, religion, uh, color of skin, or, you know, how you spoke, it didn't like, or how you dressed, that stuff didn't matter. It's like, you know, if you're willing to work and you could play, you're going to get an opportunity, right? So I can, I can connect with that, but it could be also that that was his escape. You know, that was his escape from the life that made him the oddball out. So it's like, while I'm going to use that as fuel to dominate you, and you can, you can hear his passion because he's like, yo, this is my vengeance. Like, this is when I'm going to get back at you for isolating me during this other time. You could also see that that could possibly be his escape. And that might be one of the things, like that unique circumstance could be one of the things that made him so great at basketball right. because it pushed him deeper into the game. And then ironically, he loved it. So it even helped that he had the work ethic, the passion and the gift all aligned in one place. So it like increased his chance for success. So, yeah, I mean, I don't I definitely don't you know, I wouldn't say that you're 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 not um, you're not making a point or that's not how people see it. There are definitely some people who who utilize their bubble and their space and like, yo, I'll come out when I come out. I see you when I see you. You got to respect the boundaries and it is what it is. But I also think that there's others who, who utilize their gifts and their passion as an escape from the world that they live in because it makes them feel something totally different or yeah. it helps them to forget about what they're going through. No, I, I agree with that. I think... Yeah. Um, I think also... Depends on the type of person that you are, right? For sure. That's why yeah, I'm. Sure. That's why I'm confused. I'm like, yo, I, I love my little bubble. How am I a huge extrovert? Because every <laughs> test I keep taking is like, yo, you know, yeah. you are an extrovert. Chill out. Like, stop thinking. I don't know why you keep thinking this, but you are beyond extrovert. Chill out, right? But I'm like, but do you understand the life that I'm living right now? Do you understand? Like, it's like me and my dog. Like, it's. That's what it is, and I have no <laughs> desire for it to be anything right. else. Now, virtually, I say hi to everybody. But, like, do you? Anyways, I don't. <laughs> for real. For I'm real. just saying. Don't People don't judge me. Don't. We're going to go outside in 2021 because I did. I did say if I die, I die this year. If I die, if, I die. If I die, <laughs> I die. COVID, oh, uh, here I come. <laughs> Over here I come. <laughs> oh, yeah, my that's... goodness. All right, let me get into this next clip. You know, a lot of times I've seen players, even myself, you know, when I was younger, being consumed by a particular fear um, and to the point where you're saying, okay, nah, it's it's not good to feel fear. I shouldn't be nervous in this situation. Like, nah. And it does nothing but grow versus stepping back and saying, yeah, I, I am nervous about this situation. Yeah, I am fearful about this situation. Well, what am I afraid of? And then you kind of unpack it. Mm. And then it gives you ability to look at it for really what it is, which is nothing more than your imagination <laughs> running its course. 
First yeah, off. Good. Yeah, that's First good. off, let's, let's unpack that. Yeah, okay? that's good. Let's that's un- good. Who you want to go first, me or you? I, I'll go for it. Go for it. Yeah, please. All right. So I love this topic. I love that he said that, that... Um, because from from my standpoint, right, I'm always going to bring it from a branding and content standpoint. Like a lot of the the people I deal with have a sense of fear of putting themselves out on social media, putting themselves out as a brand based off what people may think, based off uh, failure, based off so many different things, right? And I'm like, yo, it's all in your head. Like, I love how he said, like, yo, let's unpack that. Let Where is the source of the fear? And then when you really break it all the way down, it's truly nothing. It really isn't anything that we have to worry about. It's just us inside our head because no one really said that we suck. No one really said that what we're doing is trash, it doesn't work, this, that, and the third. And if they did, let's just say you have a, one or two people that are like, yo, cut it out. This is trash. Go away. Let's fact check them. Let's see what stats they have. Let's see what have they accomplished in the way that you are accomplishing it, right? If they haven't done what you are trying to do, they can sit all the way down. All the way down. Okay? Yes, I gave him I gave him that noise. But um at the same time, it's okay to have like I think we all have a fear of something. Like yeah. when we start out, right? I, there's always going, you can feel as confident as you want. There is always that, but what if, but, but what if that doesn't go? What if it doesn't work? What if I get, I get the what ifs. It happens to everybody, the best of us. But what are some, and, and Moose, this is, this is a good uh, conversation. What are some of the questions we should be asking ourselves as far as how to unpack that fear, how to kind of just be like, nah, this is us in our head. Like, boom, let me just do this anyways. Let me just put this out anyways. Let me just start this business anyways, you know, um, because what's the worst thing that could happen? I, I yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, and a lot of people have said like, Nikki, you have no fear. I just, I just feel that, everybody was put on earth for a reason. And I don't know, I could get guidance from so many people, right? And and praise God for the circle that we do have and the mentorship that we do have. But at the same time, like there is a path that we are all going through that is different than anybody else in the world. So how can I really look left and right for advice or guarantee from somebody that I'm was put on this earth to do something completely different. Now there are certain tasks, like let's say accounting, like, okay, 
help me out with this part. Like taxes are coming up. Cool. What, who should I talk to? Yes, of course. There's certain things like that, but some new innovative ways, some, you know, uh, getting to the next level, things like that. We just have to really just trust us, you know, and, and if you believe in a higher power, believe in the higher power, but we have to trust us that it's just really all the insecurities, all the emotions that we have is just within us. It's just because maybe we've never seen it done before. Maybe there isn't that, okay, I can mirror and model this situation. So I feel a little bit more confident because I know that it's been done before. Sometimes we're going to touch territories that has not been done before, right? As far as for, for what I talk about, we're going to create different pieces of content that we've never done before. We're going to create different types of brands that's never been created before, different topics that's never even be touched or, or solutions that's never been even put out there before. So there is going to be a healthy amount of fear. It's up to you to figure out if it's going to really overcome you or not. Yeah. But how are, and going back to the question, like what are some of the questions we can ask ourselves to kind of like calm down that fear of like, all right, this is me. This is me. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I, I, and I don't know if there's a specific question, Nikki, but you know, I think, uh, for, for the people who fear the feel the fear the most, uh, they probably work best within an environment that uh, can give them some level of uh, maybe, I guess, direction. Right? Okay. It's like typically people fear something when they don't feel like they have direction. So one of the questions, if we're going to bring it back to the question, is like, yo, do you know where you're going? Right? Mm. Have you been there before? Do you know somebody who's done it that maybe mm -hmm. you can go and knock on their door, send them a text because it's COVID, wear your mask and say, hey, I'm trying to go where you've gone. Can you uh, can you give me some instruction? Can I'm so you give over me some this mask. Sorry. I'm so <laughs> over this mask. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's bad. It's bad. But but no, I, I definitely think that the source of it is this lack of clarity. But I love that Kobe really humanizes it because I think a lot of successful people, their confidence sometimes makes them forget that they had fear at one point. And maybe, and I'm not saying that they all have fear, but there's a lot of people, like I remember Diddy. Diddy was somebody who I always felt like my man just had no fear. None. Like he, he just does not have, he's zero. And th so to hear someone like Kobe kind of humanize it and say, okay, you do have a fear, right? but why? Where is it coming from? Is it a discomfort maybe in your game? Is there a specific pattern or something that you're doing? Do you, do you see it repeatedly happen at a specific time or instant of your business? Maybe a, a specific exchange that you can unpack that a little bit more and get some help and guidance on how to better navigate that? Because I know for me, fear is, a, is an indicator, at least as I've better transformed how I look at it. Fear is an indicator to me that I care about something. I deeply care about it because if I didn't care, I wouldn't be afraid to do it. I wouldn't be right. like, I would give zero, right? Zero cares about it. I care about something and I likely haven't practiced enough to feel comfortable in the space. So, okay, good. You care about something. That's great. You, you want to stay on this path. Okay. So what are you uncomfortable with? 
oh, you haven't practiced enough. You maybe haven't read enough. You don't feel like you've studied enough. You don't feel credible. So put in back to that time to get the resources under your belt or the knowledge so that you can stand firmly on your expertise, practice it enough to then be able to navigate some of that fear. But yeah, the way he humanizes it, I think is so real. But I feel like for someone like yourself also, there's a part of it where it's like, I'm going to do it in spite of. Do, do you spend a lot of time actually like thinking about the fear? Because I do, I do understand like the idea of, yo, whatever you feed grows. Right. So to you, like if you were to sit there and think about your fear, that might say, yeah, I'm giving the wrong energy uh, or I'm giving something the wrong energy where, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering like, is it for you just like, uh, I'm going to do it in spite of. Yeah. And I don't know if I even, I don't even think I think about the fear because it's like, if I put energy on the what ifs, the what ifs happen. Like I understand mm. the power of words, yeah. right? So, and I think we've proven it last year when I, I said like three things and it was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm not saying anything right. because this mm. actually happens, right? And so like I truly respect and understand the power of words. So if I was to say, what if this or could this happen is going to. So I think I go more on just let's go. And then if something happens, you know, let's let's deal with it. Let's come yeah. up with a solution. Like I'm I'm big on experimenting because it's 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 the search for facts. Right. It's not, you know, uh a trial and error kind of vibe just because we're looking for to see what works. Right. And each time we try something, we learn something new. It's not, yeah. we try and it fails and, Oh man, it suck. I can't do this. It's trash. No, it's like, okay, that didn't work. Why? Okay, cool. So this next time I could do it this way. Right. Or it just took a hiccup or there was an obstacle. Right. I never, I never look at anything as a failure. Um, so it makes it a little bit easier to not really concentrate on fear because I think one of the biggest fears that people have is failing. Yeah. And so if I already don't have that in my head of there is such thing as failure, right. Um, then I don't have necessarily that fear to concentrate on. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think failure and judgment too, Nix. It's like, you know, one part of it is like, oh, I don't want to fail. But another part is like, man, what are they going to think about me? Or I don't want to be judged for looking like I'm not as good as, or whatever the case may be. So I think the, the other part of it, and I, I'm pretty sure you and I have talked about this too, is like the lesson it was like, not so much, oh, fear or failure, mm -hmm. but what am I learning too? Like that, that lesson piece, because that's something that can ex expedite your process the very next time. Because you could be on the right path, right. but you did the wrong thing. And it's like, okay, well, don't do that again. Just do something different on that same path. So yeah, like utilizing it from a lesson standpoint too is always a, a, good, a good benefit. So, so let's talk about the judgment part. Like how do you, I have my own very direct way. Um, but how do you deal with the, the judgment? I'm just, we're not going to talk about it right now. I like that. Uh, man, the thing that I've been doing recently is just saying, I've really created a very structured, like relational system mm -hmm. that allows me to put value to people's opinions. 
So if you sit at a certain tier in my relational system, then I'm going to give a little bit more value to the opinion or that which you're sharing. But if you're outside of that circle, you're outside of a, you know, a, a, a specific number of people that I've kind of outlined, I'm not going to say, yo, take that somewhere else or, or be disrespectful to what you're sharing. But your, your opinion is just not going to hold as much weight. Right. right? So it's, 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 it's really something that I'm kind of utilizing with a grain of salt. But uh, also just I think also if, if you stay centered in who you are, uh, you don't give somebody an opportunity to tell you, you know, what you're not or who you should be because you know yourself at a, at a deep and intimate enough level that it can't sway your, your, your vision. But when you're distracted, when you're unsure of who you are, people can start throwing words and labels at you and you could be like, oh, yeah, I think that might fit good, bad or indifferent. Mm-hmm. And then you find yourself at the wrong path. And if you trace back like, yo, how did I even get here? It's like, oh, shoot. Joe threw me this label and I wore it. I thought that was it, but that was that didn't even come from me. That wasn't a credible source. So, right. yeah, that that's kind of one of the ways I've been navigating it for sure as of as of lately. Give us a little bit more about uh, you know you said direct, but well, so <laughs> so this is what I'll say. Let's let's do it this way, right? Um, I realized because I was unpacking the the thought process of like how I don't necessarily care. I don't want to say a hundred percent, but I don't necessarily care what majority of people may think. And I break it down into, and maybe you can relate a little bit. I'm an only child, right? Yeah. So I wasn't talking to anybody anyways, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was talking to my mom majority of my life. Right. I had a few friends here and there, but my mom, shout out to mom. Hi, mom. You're watching this and listening. Hi, mom. Um, a very uh, overprotective mom and definitely kept me safe from a lot of situations. But at the same time, had also kept me in a bubble. So I didn't really hear what other people would say. And I was able to do whatever I wanted to do with no one stopping me. So that doesn't change my thought process of being able to do what I want to do with no one stopping me doesn't change because I go outside into the real world and leave my mom's nest. And that, that you don't just switch to, Oh my God, I have to care. Right. So I, I, I love my mom, even though, there was some times where I'm like, yo, I want to go out. Let me go. Right. But I love my mom because she created this human being that doesn't necessarily uh, rely on people's judgment to move forward. That doesn't sure. rely on what people have to say to feel good about myself or necessarily feel uh, super validated on any, you know, level. So I think for me, it, it goes back to how I was raised yeah. and looking at it from a, that really set me up to continue to do whatever I want to do and think that I'm unstoppable because my mom said so. I love it. Hey, Let's go. Shout out to mom. I love it. She's going to, she's going to text me right now. 
<laughs> right now. You said my name. You mentioned right, me on the right. podcast. How I can you it. say this? She'll, I'll say 17 million good things and she'll be like, I'm overprotective. Mom, did you not hear the rest of it? Like right. I said so many good things, but shout out to mom. I love you. Um, but let's get into this final, final clip. So when I passed him up, I remember talking to him afterwards and saying, you know, this is kind of, it's, it's, you know, he's still here. The information and the stuff that he's passed on to me, I'm breathing that spirit back into the game all over again, which is a lot of the reason why I try to do that now for the next generation, because he did that for me. Bill Russell did that for me. Jerry West and all of you guys, but Michael in particular. So, if y'all were lost, he was talking about the one, the only, Michael Jordan. I was really about to say Michael Jackson. That was about to be really bad. <laughs> I, so I heard, I, I like felt it in my system. Like, <laughs> okay. but, um, but that was, and, and Moose, I'm going to let you start this off, but I'm going a, I'm to a frame it up to like, do we, for those people who aim for greatness, have like that kill list? Like, w- when we were first going over Kobe in the Facebook Live days, we understood that he had a kill list, right? Yeah. And, of course, uh, at the time, or even to some, Jordan is the or was one of the best basketball players of our time, right? So when you pass that up, right, how— like, how are you supposed to feel? Like, yeah. what are you supposed to do? So I, I, I would love your your take on the clip and then kind of just, like, do you have someone, in, you don't have to name the person, but, like, do you have someone or a group or whatever in mind? And how do you think you would feel when you pass them up? Yeah, that's um, that's super interesting. I think, <clears throat> to Kobe's point, I think he did the right thing. Because once he got there to the top of the list, he, tr- he changed his approach to, okay, now how do I give back? Right? Like he understood that being at the top of somewhere, that comes with a responsibility, a certain level of, okay, how do I make sure I pass on the information so that it continues to live forever? You know, I was listening to a song today. It said that people die twice. You die when... You know, you pass on and people bury you. Yeah. And then you die again when it's the last time that somebody mentions your name. Right. Mm. So it's like in that in that frame, it's like, yeah, you can pass on. Yep. But as lo- like what Kobe's doing right now, he's passed for a year and I'm sure for many more years, his name is going to continue to be said on and on and on forever. So is he really passed, you know, passed away? I mean, not really because his legacy is living on. But how do you do that? I think it's by giving back and sharing some of the learned lessons or what you've accumulated or the hardships that you've dealt with. And we see that since he retired, you know, he spent a large part of his time in giving back, mentoring and coaching either other players, his daughter, the youth. So I think he did the probably the best thing. It's like that each one teach one mentality of, okay, I came up the elevator. Let me send it back down for the next person so they can find their ways because maybe he and he kind of recognizes it like, yo, I had my people too that have helped me get to this position. So it was only right that I pass it on. So 
Uh, for me, Nick's, I can't say that I have a very clearly identified or defined like, you know, kill list. Maybe it's something I need to put together. But um, but but the give back is a big part of it that I'm just like, yo, like I want to get to that position so that I can really be active in sending things back and, and pulling people forward. Yeah, um, I could agree. I don't think I have. Well, no, that's a lot. You got a kill list? I, I can see you a little kill list. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I, had, I had for sure uh shout out to all my instagram followers i definitely have a kill list on instagram okay i scratched one i'm almost to the second one right so <laughs> like i'm i'm definitely i definitely have that because i'm competitive right that's just yeah, yeah. that's just me right um for like what we do, right? I don't necessarily think I have a kill list just because I don't, I'm always in the mindset of we're going to do something that no one else has. So I'm not comparing and I'm a big on comparing period of, okay, you've done it like this. So I'm going to beat you. I'm not big on comparing. I always think that I'm doing something different. The only reason yeah. I have one on Instagram is because there's certain metrics that I just want to ha-ha you. Not that I care about, but I just want to ha-ha you when you look like, oh, Nikki, we didn't take you serious before. You were cute. Like, oh, you were like these uh, little help. All right. Okay. Like okay. saw them real quick. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, see yeah. You? you know what I mean? Like, oh, <laughs> my God, I love everything that you're saying now. Praise God. Praise God. Um, But... <laughs> Hey, you know, it's only right. At some point, the student becomes a teacher. It's like, yo, that, that validates the teacher to begin with. The student's got to become the teacher. So there you go. Um, I, okay. We'll leave that for a Facebook <laughs> Live show. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> but the, um, the back to the clip, I think what I love about it is, is how he respects the highest one, Right. Like, so Michael Jordan clearly was somebody that he looked up to, he wanted to beat. But then um, in that particular interview, he said, yo, Jordan took me under his wing. Like, we, that was big bro to me. And I learned so much. And even uh, how they interacted on the court, it was like, yo, I, why'd you fall for that fade? Like, I saw what you were doing. Like, it's just... Healthy competition, but learning from all sides, not just from the game, but like also I got to duplicate. I got to make sure that what I learned from MJ and how he took the time to put me under his wing, I have to do that for others. What I love about this digital age is that it allows us to duplicate ourselves to the masses, right? Yeah. So um, even if you look, and they're not a sponsor, so I don't even know why I'm speaking on this, but we'll talk about it, right? Masterclass. Masterclass had uh, Steph Curry's uh, course on how yeah. to dribble and how to shoot and all this great stuff, right? Some of the people that we look up to, you can now create a course, of exactly how they do that. And if you watch it over and over and again and you practice and you execute on it, 
that it takes it to the masses right now. Clearly there's other ways more of like, you know, come through to the court. Like I know Kobe was big on bringing some of the younger players to his uh, Mamba Academy and doing some drills and things like that. So he did it from that aspect as well. And so when he passed, there were so many players that were affected, not because of who he was as a player, but who he was as a mentor, who he was as a friend, who he was as a teacher. You know, it it hits different when you teach others. It hits different when you impact people's lives that make them better. Not only because he could have left the earth and be known as the greatest of all time, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. But Kobe lives on in so many different players that we are never going to forget about him. Real. Like, so real. there is... um there are other athletes that have passed that were on great statuses, but we are no longer talking about them because there is not a mirror image of them. There is not an apprentice. There's not a, a mentee. There's not anybody that we could say, yo, this person is you know, got this, is inspired by this or was mentored by this, you know. So, but with Kobe, so many of the younger players that we see in the NBA have been taught and impacted by Kobe that even from his shoes, yeah. even that is, is, is a way of duplication. Like even that per se, we see that all over. And so... When we get to a certain status, how are we duplicating ourselves that our name, our skill level, our legacy is lasting longer than than our life? That is that is one of the things that for this year, I know I'm going to concentrate a little bit more just on some like, OK, taking whatever's in here and needs to come out and needs to like how I've been doing how we've been doing it is cool and it has that live aspect and everything like that. But even from the standpoint of even this podcast, you know, getting that out, distributing it, putting it on YouTube, having over a hundred videos already for people to go back and be like, I get it. You know, I understand it. I understand how they did this. I understand how they did that, you know. So if you are at a status of, yo, I've reached a certain kind of level, the next one is to duplicate. You're not done until that is that is taken care of. And I don't think you'll ever be done duplicating yourself because of how many people you're possibly trying to impact maybe you're trying to impact the world you have a lot of work to do sir or ma'am whatever you want to do but um I love that when he did pass MJ he was like yo it wasn't what I thought it was going to be like I it just wasn't I didn't I didn't feel like relieved or anything I was just like yo that's big bro let me let me just Give that out to the world like he did to me. 
And so I, I, I still, I'm big on karma. Karma's great, right? The people who you will impact will do great wonders to you down the line. I'm big on that. Super, super big. Absolutely. Hey. (laughs) But let's figure out what Kobe is. That time. It's that time. Flight assessment time. So understand we said some key words, if you remember, and if you don't rewind back to Moose's little descriptions and everything like that, we said some key words um, based off what we believe Kobe was, right? Um, but Moose, whose turn is it first? I, don't, I can't remember. I can't remember. Typically, you go first. You go first. Okay, I'll go first. So, he is not a flight attendant. Hmm. That's usually not the one that goes first. Um, but I, I don't feel like he was very sociable. I just, I don't think, think he was out not here. On the court. Yeah, yeah, Definitely yeah. I don't, not on the court. I don't think he was the life of the party. Um, <laughs> I think he didn't like to be center of attention sometimes. Like it just, you know, the little things like yeah. that. Little things. Yeah. Who you and got? a lot of the people. In the in a lot of the interviews, you know that that came out afterward, they were saying like, "Yo, he was such a believe it or not, such a, a humble guy. Like he really cared to know people on a deeper level, and he showed like, you know, just uh, his true well intent or well desire for others. Just like, oh, how's your kid? How's this? How's that? It's like some reporters really like acknowledge him for that. But yeah, I don't know that center of attention was definitely his vibe. I think um, for me. I'm confidently going to say that he is not a grounds crew. (laughs) Sorry, all my grounds crew people that were rooting for Kobe to be you. Kobe was probably not. Maybe had a little bit of you. Because we all have a little bit of you, but probably not. Yummy. Not not Kobe's. So, this is, I think... When we first went over Kobe, I think we were torn as like super feeling confident of which one, right? Yeah. Because Kobe, based off some of his teammates and even how he described himself, he could be a jerk, right? He was very aggressive, um, like a really strict leader, right? But very strategic, had all the systems in place as far as what he was going to do, his routine, everything like that. So I could see both either being pretty much a bit even. Um, I would say that because I don't necessarily know, because based off what we know about high pilots and uh, high air control, uh, high air traffic controllers, um, when they're together, when you have a high of both, you kind of get that like very uncomfortable vibe of like, okay, you you a bit aggressive, but you know what right. you're talking about and you're really about facts and you want it this certain kind of way. And oh, like that combination scares me. I've We've met a few and, and I've yeah. been like, 
you a whole different person. You a yeah, it's real, it's real because that combo was pushing for excellence at the highest level, mm-hmm. but they also want it done in a very specific way. And they're not really invested in how you feel all that much about it or what you got to say about it. Right. <laughs> so it's like, man, that's tough to work with, you know? Right. I just, it's all about the task. And I and I get that. I'm, I'm, I'm semi for that because I'm, I'm not all the way there with it. Like I'm for the task, but like, yeah. yo, be nice to me. You, like, you talk gotta to me nice. really be about it though if, if, you know, like, you got to be like the Kobe, the Steve Jobs of the world. Like, I think Steve Jobs may have been another high pilot, high air traffic control. Yep. But at, at that status, you think they earned the right? Like, do, does somebody, can they earn the right to be a jerk? <laughs> it's like, uh, sorry. It's, but that, remember, we be. had the conversation of to be one of the greats or to be, like, deem uh, the leader that we all look up to. Do you have to have a level of, like... Of a jerk in some sort because we're looking at and not clearly not everybody that we've, you know, messed with. But even there was reports about Dr. Dre being a jerk. Right. Like you he's going to make you do certain verses over and over and over again. You know, Um, Diddy a jerk. Right. Um, Who else is a jerk? No, not, no, I'm sorry. It sounds so horrible. Hey, who, else? <laughs> who, else is, who else is a jerk? Let me see. I'm going to call these jerks out here real quick. Yo, I don't, I don't mean. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Not everybody is, but there are certain people who look at like, yo, they could really be a jerk, but it's always to get to the goal, right? Yeah. It's always for a, a reason that has a bigger picture that is attached to it. Right. So I think uh, that was a conversation that me, you and he had because Jordan, jo- MJ, that yeah, was, was where that, that conversation came from. When yeah, we watched MJ. Last Dance, it was, yo, do you have to be a jerk? Like there has to be a sense of because uh, when there was another type of leadership, it wasn't taken serious or when he did something. I forgot what it was, but that, that's a question. And, and go comment. Like, go tweet us at Nikki and Moose, like, just saying, yo, do you feel, regard, take the emotion out that you don't like being talked to a certain kind of way. Take that emotion out. But do you feel as if the greats had to be back then, maybe there's new leaders now, but back then you have to have a certain level of being a jerk. Um I could say another word, but I'm not going to. But being a jerk, right, to be known as one of the greats. I just want to know. That's yeah. a good conversation. Let us so know. are Let we us agreeing that it's that Kobe's both a pilot and an air traffic controller? Yo, yeah, I really think he is. I really think that he's both. And, and that's what we're calling it. That is what we are calling it. So um, this episode was really good. It was yeah, good. Yeah. I like this one. I say that about everyone. I don't know why, but I say that about everyone. I apologize. towards our work, y'all. We favor right, our work. Right, right. But look, all we do as I've been saying it for a bit, uh, go follow us everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Nikki at Moose. Tuesdays on Facebook as I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah. 
Just go follow us on Facebook and we're going to announce when we're going live. We're under construction with the times lately. <laughs> we'll be there. We'll be there. We're, we will we'll be, be there. back. We'll be back. But, not, not We're coming to, to the show. <laughs> we just don't know what time just yet. Okay. <laughs> we'll be there on Tuesday. Just, yeah. We'll let you know the time, but we'll be there. Look, it, it is what it is. And, and also, um, Shout out to everybody who watches us on YouTube. People have been like, how do you get this set up? It's called Ecamm. Okay. Go to NikkiAndMoose.com slash Ecamm. You will get a free trial if you want to do it that way. Um, but Moose. Fire. Moose. Yes, ready? You, f- you feel comfy? You good? You all right? Pretty good. All right. Final words. And I'm going to hit y'all with a quote. Directly from Kobe, this was one of my favorite quotes he shared. You know, this was an interview he did uh, just unfortunately two years before he passed, but I love what he said. He said, over my lifetime, right, if you were to fast forward 20 years from now, if the only thing you had to say about me is that I was a great basketball player, then I failed. All right. So for, for those right now who are like, man, I'm killing the game. I've accomplished so much. Like I made it. I'm already ready to, you know, just coast off into the ocean and and call it goodbye. Do you have more than one thing that people can say, yo, you were great, not just at this, but you were also great at that. Did you accomplish greatness in multiple areas? Did you duplicate your greatness in multiple areas? So take a page out of Kobe's book, right? Even if you've gotten to a destination yourself, send it back to somebody else, but also venture into other areas and duplicate that greatness.